Now that it is starting to warm up outside, I feel like these warmer, sunnier days, they're just like calling to me. I want to be outside. I want to be busy. I want to be doing things. And I am so glad that when I'm feeling that energy and I want to go and do that I have factor right there in my fridge so that I don't have to worry about tons of prep for food, big messy meals. I don't have to think about like, oh, what am I going to feed myself this week. It's all done for me with Factor. And thanks to Factor's fresh, never frozen meals that are dietitian approved, they're just ready to eat in two minutes. So no matter how busy I get, no matter what the kids have going on, no matter what is on the calendar this spring and summer, I have nutritious, great tasting meals ready to go. And with over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. I've been loving those add-ons personally. Like you have everything from breakfast to dessert and you can stay fueled with these easy nutritious options you all know my husband likes to take them into the hospital i like them for those busy days where i'm on the go with the kids and i can treat myself to these restaurant quality meals in just two minutes and we're talking really great ingredients here like blackened salmon yes please and all of that without shopping prepping cooking or cleaning up so head to factormeals.com in minutes 50 and use code in minutes 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month that's code in minutes 50 at factormeals.com slash in minutes 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this freeform episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. So no one particular topic today. Um, I wanted to mix it up a little bit and fill you in on some life updates, some podcast updates. Um, I wanted to talk about the book that I have coming up, just kind of share what the process of creating that was like, um, all of that, and then do a little bit of a Portugal retreat recap or wrap up. So a little bit of a little bit of everything, kind of a, a grab bag. Um, so let's see, where should we begin? <laughs> There's lots to fill you guys in on. I, I recently had made some updates like on the back end of of the podcast, like not anything that you would necessarily, you know, notice a change, but just kind of like on the back end, like some software stuff. But that's required me to um, to kind of go back and, I don't know, just do some up, like file updating, description updating, like just little bits and bobs um, on older episodes. And I realized that it's like, I don't know, once every like year and a half, there always seems to be like a life update episode. And so I was doing that yesterday and I was like, oh, I'm getting ready to record another life update. Um, so maybe I should just like for my own personal curiosity, go back and listen to the old life updates and be just, I'm sure I would be blown away at what was happening at that time. It's like a little time capsule. But anyways, let's see, what should we start with? Um, let's start with Portugal. So I just got back from Portugal as I'm recording this uh, a few days ago, like maybe four or five days ago. And it was like, the most incredible trip. It was so good. There were 22 of us, which sounds like a big group and it was a big group, but everyone there was so like special and 
open and engaged and like it didn't like it it was a big group but yet at the same time it didn't feel too big at all it just felt like so special and warm and like this special little community and I was so grateful for this group in particular because everyone was just like so engaged and so open and so welcoming and people always are it's not like that doesn't happen on retreats Um, but this group in particular like one thing that I noticed was when we get up in the morning for our yoga practice and then our meditation practice we usually started around 7 a.m which for me is not necessarily that early because pork chop likes to get up early but I know for a lot of us like 7 a.m to start the day by then is early and like every day like everyone was there they're ready to go that doesn't always happen I, I will say that sometimes people choose the extra sleep over the morning practice sometimes and that's okay but it was just super fun to like see everyone every morning and they're just so engaged and like up for anything whatever style of meditation we were practicing or whatever you know focus we had for our yoga practice like everyone was just so down for it and it really created just this fun atmosphere and so the people were great that's you know number one of the Portugal retreat Um, number two was that Portugal itself we were down in the Algarve region Uh, it was just like stunning it the weather was perfect like the sun was shining we went to the beach we hung out at the pool. It's just like the weather and the setting and everything and like the food at the retreat center was phenomenal. It was so, so good. And that was amazing. And I also, the theme was igniting your passion. So what I really wanted to focus on or work on during this week uh, with this group was kind of reconnecting to that soul space and igniting that like inner passion, that kind of childlike wonder, that excitement. You know when you just sometimes feel so like blah sometimes, especially this time of year because, you know, we have winter and depending on where you live, like for me in the Midwest, when I left at the very end of April, it was like still cold and rainy when I left. And we've had a really long winter that's basically just kind of bled into spring. And energetically, I think it just feels very heavy. So I wanted to focus on getting that like passion, that fire, that excitement um, really going both with myself and for everyone. That was our focus. And we did a lot of work around that kind of just like having fun, like intentional play and having that wonder. And, you know, we went out and did a walking meditation Um the villa had like all these different trails and we went out and then we just like went into nature and looked at nature with curiosity and I think it was just really refreshing for me and also for the group in general to reconnect with kind of that fun playful space because sometimes life just feels so serious I mean it it is serious at times but also sometimes it's not that serious (laughs) and there's things in life where, you know, we're making it more serious than it needs to be, or we're making it harder than we need to be. And that's not to downplay the times that it really is serious and hard, because that's very real as well. But I think that we sometimes get in, you know, we have this tendency to make things 
harder and more serious than they need to be. And sometimes it's just like not that serious. And it's okay to have fun and to reconnect to that space. And I think everyone was really feeling very connected to like their their passion and their playful side and just having fun and having that like kind of light energy, like kind of like after you have like a release and then you're just like, oh, you just feel so like good and like light. And I felt that way too because one thing, I love everything about retreats, but one thing that I really love a lot about retreats is that I get to teach people every single day in person. I've said this a million times, but you guys know that for me, it's like podcasting is obviously incredibly special. Like I call Mindful Minutes my podcast baby. But it's so interesting because like when I'm creating this, I there's no one on the other end of my microphone right now. So it can be an isolating experience for me. But then for the listener, it can be like a really intimate experience because you're listening to someone's voice. You're listening to their thoughts. You know, when you listen to Mindful Minutes, you're listening to like these meditations that were created from the heart. And, but it's just so fun to like wake up in the morning and go and like teach a yoga class and then like lead a meditation practice because I don't do that as much anymore in person, not like I used to like years ago when I had a studio. And so that's always just like really fun. And like hanging out with other adults is fun. <laughs> um, so it just overall, just like such a phenomenal week. I'm so grateful for everyone that came and shared that um, with me. There is one more retreat that's going to come up um, in about a month, a little bit less than a month. At the beginning of June, I'll be in British Columbia. I forget the um, valley that we'll be in, but it's about two hours outside of Vancouver uh, for a long weekend. And I'm partnering with Gina Sear, who you guys have heard on this podcast. She does work with um, like past life regression. Anyways, that's going to be awesome. So if you're like, I need a last minute trip. You could, you honestly can probably even like drive there or get a really easy flight from like Portland or Seattle. But um, so that's coming up. And then that's going to be my last retreat until I take a long hiatus, which leads me into kind of my biggest life update, which is that I am pregnant. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I did share this news a couple of weeks ago on there. And, um, I am having another baby in September, which I'm really excited about. Um, I just like, you know, I, I always, I love sharing, you know, like happy news like this, but I also want to hold space. Um, you know, I don't share a lot about like my pregnancy journey or my fertility journey, you know, any of that. I don't, I don't share a lot of that here just because it's like, I don't know. I don't necessarily want to contribute to the noise per se. And um, and I don't want to I just know I just know that sometimes, like, especially if you are trying to get pregnant or you want a family or it's not happening, like I know how hard it can be to listen to someone else's like excitement and news around that when that's like the thing that you want. And I want to make sure that I'm holding space for that too. Um this pregnancy in particular um, has been interesting in a few different ways. One being that, you know, it's something, you know, my my heart has been ready um, to have another child, but uh, my body wasn't quite in agreement um, for a while this time. And, you know, and that, and that happens. And it's interesting because about the time that I had 
not necessarily given up, but just been like, well, I, you know, I don't know. I guess we're just leaving it up to the universe and things, you know, aren't going as planned. So we'll see what happens. And then, you know, that's kind of when things did happen. So I'm feeling really happy and really um, grateful. It's also, I know that it's a girl this time. Um, so we will be referring to her as Poppy. And I want to make one little note for um, new friends that are here, because even even if you've been here for a while, um, my son's legal name is not Porkchop. <laughs> uh, this came up even like in, you know, Portugal, people who had, you know, been listening or just for the last year I guess pork chop's been kind of in the zeitgeist for, at this point, if you include like the pregnancy for almost three years. So if you've joined within the last three years, you may be listening and be like, is this woman okay? Like, has she named her child pork chop? So that's not his legal name. Um, and Poppy will not be her legal name when she's finally here, Earthside. But I just kind of have made the decision so first of all, just a quick recap, if you're like, wait, wait, go back to the pork chop thing. Like, what, what is this? Um, pork chop did not have a name until he was several days old. We just, I think boy names are kind of tricky. And there wasn't a name that like we really agreed on. Like we had some that were kind of on the, you know, on our maybe list. And then we waited until um, we had, until he was there and then look at him and be like, oh, you look like this and then and then you know we decided when he was a couple of days old and they were like okay he can't really leave the hospital until he has a name so we got him a name and it's a fitting name but we had to call him something he was in there um he was very comfy in there so he was in there for like almost 42 weeks so we had to call him something and there was one morning where you know and this is you know maybe not the cutest story but it's a true story and i was um I woke up in the morning and I was not feeling good and I was going to the bathroom and I was just like, I don't know if, if anyone listening who's been pregnant, it's it's kind of like you wake up a lot of mornings feeling like super hungover, even though you did not, you're obviously not drinking and you did not earn that hangover, but you just feel so like, just like not good. And I had recently found out that pork chop was a boy and I was wrapping my head around like being a boy. I always assumed that. I don't know. I was just like, I don't really know what to do with boys. I And so I was wrapping my head around that and I just was feeling not very good. And it just I was just talking out loud and I said, I don't know, pork chop. What do you want to go eat? What are we going to eat that we aren't going to throw up? What sounds good to you? You want some cinnamon rolls? How does that sound, pork chop? And it just like came out of my mouth and, um, and then it stuck. I don't know. And so that's how pork chop got his name. And until my children are older and they we can have a conversation about like what I do or if they decide they want to you know be I'll probably never really let them be a part of the podcast like personally first of all I mean Porkchop does have a lot of say a lot to say he's almost like I mean he's almost two and a half so he's talking and he has a lot to say so he probably has a future in podcasting because He's just like, da, 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 like just so much to say. But I just feel like, you know, I don't necessarily need my kids to always be in the forefront or at least, you know, have, you know, sharing a lot of them like on social media. And I've just decided to, you know, kind of keep their names. And every once in a while I'll share like a pork chop picture, but, you know, like 
their faces and things like that. I kind of just keep it off the internet. And that's just what we've decided is best for our family and we feel good about that. So if you've been listening for like a year or two years and you're like, who the heck is Porkchop? That is my son. That's Porkchop. And then Poppy is the little one that is currently in uh, my belly. (laughs) So it has been really interesting um, being pregnant again. Like I said, the the whole journey has really taught me a lot about um, control, actually more like lack of control and just having to ride the wave, both kind of in the journey of expanding my family and then also just like physically. Um, so I think I shared this with pork chop, but I, so I, I, my heart loves the babies, but my body, um, doesn't seem to always love pregnancy. And so I do get like this thing called like HG. It's like the really bad morning sickness, but sometimes you have to go to the hospital and, um, just, you know, some, some very unpleasant things. And that happened again with, with Poppy and, um, it's definitely improving, but it's been really interesting because being pregnant with a boy versus being pregnant with a girl, I just feel like so different. Um, but what I did not consider or what I felt like all of my friends out there that have two children, no one really warned me for this. The like just I don't even know being pregnant and feeling just like just sick as a dog and having a toddler, especially one like pork chop, which some days can be like a Wolverine after like a triple espresso, that was like absolute like next level exhaustion. Like what was I th- thinking? Just wild, wild, wild. And so so I've been feeling um, a little bit burnt out in some regards. So like physically, I've been feeling so exhausted and so kind of like burnt out in that regard but then also I've and maybe you know I'm gonna take that back burnt burnt out isn't even the right word I don't want to use that word because that's not what it is I physically have been feeling really tired and exhausted um, especially up until kind of this like halfway point although I'm definitely feeling better now um but it's just it's been so interesting and my eyes have really been opened to a lot of things. Um, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what is currently working in both my business and, you know, in yoga for you and mindful in minutes land and all of that. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that. And and I, I've always said this and I really mean it, but one of the best and worst things about working for yourself, about having a business, you know, building something from the heart is that you know your you get to do whatever you want and sometimes that's a really freeing thought but then also sometimes that's like the hardest part because you're like well I get to do whatever I want and that also means that you know you're the one that has to do it and if you're not doing it it's either not getting done and I think that sometimes with that I can only speak for myself but for me personally with that sometimes you know you get this like internal drive and you're so used to being like, okay, well, what's the next thing? Like, this was so great. I'm feeling so good. Like, this is an alignment. You know, I've hit this milestone and now I'm so excited to like work towards this like next thing. And 
not only having a family, so this is a little bit like twofold of what I've really been reflecting on and thinking about just personally, is, you know, what do I actually want? And that has, you know, uncovered a lot. And this is something where I feel so grateful for meditation, also therapy, things like that. Um, you know, I've I've uncovered a lot of my own kind of internalized judgments, I guess, that I didn't even know existed until I was having this like internal conflict of what I think of as like a good mother, or, like a mother who works. And, and it's not even necessarily like bad things. I just I never realized that I personally held such strong beliefs until I was in it. And then I was like, wow, I really I really kind of need to look at why I feel certain ways about things and like where that comes from and being really introspective about that and also being kind with myself as I as I look at those things and kind of uncover um, what that is. And so I've been looking at a lot of like what I want to do, maybe what I don't want to do. And on the flip side, I also in the first few years of motherhood, I think at first, especially in the first like year, there's a piece of me where I felt like I was losing myself a little bit in motherhood. And it wasn't until recently when I was wrapping my head around, um, you know, that that I was going to do this all over again and have, you know, an infant and go through all of these different stages and changes and all that. I was going to do it all over again. And I was just doing a lot of reflecting, a lot of meditating, a lot of sitting with that, um, sitting with my feelings, sitting with my thoughts without judgment, just observing and what I realized was that in motherhood and in this particular change that I, I hadn't lost myself, I just was uncovering a new version of myself. And for a lot of you, you know, that probably you're like, well, of course, like every time you change, you know, you guys are probably much more like evolved <laughs> in in thought than I am. But it just really opened my eyes that I was just like, it just was such a big mindset shift for me that I wasn't losing myself. Of course, there were, there were changes and things that, you know, it did feel like I was saying goodbye to certain elements of, you know, my life that I was living before I was a mom. But I wasn't losing who I was as a person. I just was uncovering this new version and these new aspects of that same person and like reconnecting to the true self, connecting to the soul space, like having that kind of internal guide like that doesn't change and that doesn't leave but I do think that it can change and it can evolve especially as there's different changes and iterations of our life and that's something that once kind of that clicked into place for me I was like oh my gosh like I don't know it just was very very eye-opening so I've been thinking about what I want to do what I don't want to do and I a lot of you at when I announced my pregnancy on um, social media. They're like, I. as soon as you said you were taking a retreat hiatus, I knew. And that was, um, they were a little bit related. Um, you know, my hope had been to grow my family for a while. But with retreats in particular, they're so special and I love them so much. Um, but they're also, it's just getting really hard on my family. So what I've decided to do is to just take like a one-year hiatus from them and um, and then after I kind of made that decision, you know, then I was, then I found out I was going to be a mom again. But I just, I'm just going to pause for a year. So I'm going to do this last one um, in BC and then wait a year-ish 
And then I'm just going to fall back on my tools and turn back inward and say, I mean, I, I love retreats so much that I imagine I'll want to return to them, but I'm also going to give myself the space to make that decision when it comes and to make the decision based on the circumstances that are there and just be like, how does that feel? Like, how does that feel for me? Um, and yeah. And so just taking that, that little pause. So there's been a lot of, you know, same with like, um, just traveling in general, just taking kind of like a one-year pause and traveling. And that's one of the pieces that I've really been thinking about and, you know, reflecting on is, you know, not doing pop-up trainings and not doing retreats for a year-ish and then just reevaluating and seeing how I feel about it and where I want to go from there. But I just personally love travel so much, and I love being able to travel for my work and for my business. And that was actually one of those pieces that at first it felt like I was kind of like losing that in a way. But then I uncovered and recognized that I wasn't losing that, that I just, you know, that these things ebb and f- and flow. There's ebbs and flows, and there's there's ups and downs. It's It's cyclical. And that, you know, right now – it's just a slightly different season in life. And so I'm going to hold space for that um, and see kind of what transpires. So I've been getting a lot of questions as to why the pause on retreats. And that's my honest explanation. It's just getting really hard on my family. It's, you know, hard on me, especially, um, you know, emotionally, but physically too, like when I have like a little, little. And I've taken pork chops on retreats before and that definitely like can work, um, but it adds an extra layer of just being tricky, of just like logistics. And it's fun to have him, but, um, you know, it's also fun to go on retreats and like not bring my family with. So I'm just kind of figuring out what I want. And the reason that I share all of that um, is, I don't know, I just, I feel like sometimes the things that we don't speak out loud is one, our thought process, but two, I think we don't always like articulate or hold space for the conflicting things that are within us. And I think there are a lot of things that can be conflicting within us and that we're still figuring it out. And different phases of life, different circumstances, different times, different whatever, can change and impact the decisions that we're making. And that's okay. And so I share all of that in the hopes that kind of sharing my own internal like just struggles and conundrums and reflections. If you are having a hard time with any of that, I hope that it just, um, I don't know, gives you a little bit more space to maybe do that within yourself and to know that it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to take a pause on things. Um, This came up a lot in Portugal. So, you know, since we're (laughs) since we're talking about it. Um, I have absolutely no intentions of stopping the podcast um, or anything like that. One thing that I I love many, many things about this podcast, the first being all of you that are listening, like you have such a special place in my heart. And another of the many things that I love about this podcast is the fact that I absolutely can make it work very easily into the different life changes that I've been experiencing, um, both within my family, physically, you know, all of that. So there's so so no one panic, no one worry. <laughs> it's just basically the travel that's getting a pause, um, just for about a year, and then I'm going to reevaluate. And 
right now I would, you know, this is also me coming off of just like an incredible like week away in a retreat and and that was so special, but it was also like, oh my gosh, how can I ever take a break from this? But I've never really taken a break from the work travel and to see what that's like. I haven't done it in a while, so I'm just going to give a little try, see what happens, and then reevaluate. Um, but nothing is changing with the podcast. It's all going to be the same. It's very um, malleable, and it fits into my life balancing being a mom and you know running the business and being a meditation teacher. It all kind of um, works together. So no one panic. Nothing's going to change with this. Um, also, I don't like. I think I would feel lost if I wasn't doing this. I don't. I'd be. I don't know. It, this really does feel like my, you know, my little podcast baby. Like my, my oldest. Well, not my oldest. Mila's my oldest child, obviously, but my second oldest child. And I just love it so much. It just brings me so much joy. And creating meditation practices, putting them together, sharing them, like. It's just, it's so special to me. And I'm always so grateful for those of you that want to to listen to that. Um, so yeah, so that's the biggest life update. Uh, I, I kept the news to myself, um, both uh, privately and publicly, for quite a bit longer this time with this pregnancy. That just felt right to me. It felt kind of nice to just take a step back and like just... I don't know, just keep it to ourselves. Um, and so that's why I didn't really share the news until I was kind of in this like second half. It just, I couldn't even tell you why. It just felt like the move this time. And so I did it. And I've really been trying to lean into that of like, I don't always necessarily need an explanation. Like if it just feels right and it feels in alignment, like let's go for it. Let's give it a try. Um, another thing though, on the flip side that you've been hearing me talk about, you know, are all of these different projects that I've been doing that are currently coming to fruition. I think a, maybe a couple months ago, I described it as like girl bossing a little too, too close to the sun. But, you know, it, it's interesting because I think in that, in that time frame where I was figuring out like, who am I now that I work and I'm a mom at the same time? And I think, and, and I got into a little bit of like a slumper and I felt a little bit disconnected from myself and kind of just like, I don't know, what do I do? Where do I, where do I go from here? Like, what do things look like? What do I want them to look like? And I think the thing that I always kind of lean back on when I'm, you know, in a slumper or I'm experiencing any kind of depression or anything like that is I love my work so much and I work really well like with deadlines and I took on a bunch of new projects and new endeavors because it just it really gave me life and it got me excited at that time and I don't know it just kind of like clicked into place and I was like I want to create a meditation deck and you know I want to do I want to open up a Another thing I've been doing is also putting a lot of time and energy into Meditation Mama, which is my secondary podcast, which are all fertility, prenatal, and postnatal meditations. Um, so really creating a lot of new content for that and um, working on different like meditation series for that. And it just felt so good to to do these things. And during that time, I don't know if it was because of like 
kind of the creative energy that was going, um, you know, going around just in my little bubble. Um, but then I got the opportunity to start diving into books and to being an author. And I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about the book that's coming out in September, which um, will be interesting because the book comes out September 5th um, and Poppy is due to arrive Earthside not too long after that. So that'll be interesting. Um, but I've also uh, have a second book on the way, which I can't tell you a ton about, but I can tell you a little bit about it. And I want to just explore and give you a little bit of behind the scenes, like how this came about, what this process was like, and what's coming up. If I could go back and do one thing differently when I was starting this podcast, I would have set up my online store right away. Because as this podcast began to grow and I had dreams of different products, the things that really held me back from starting that was like not knowing how to set up an online store, which is why I'm really excited to tell you about Shopify because Shopify makes this so easy and you do not have to be stuck in the how the heck do I have an online store stage like I was for years. And Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're just starting or maybe you're about to make your one millionth sale. And you can sell anything. It could be meditation it could be artisanal candles. Maybe you make dog bandanas. Whatever it is, Shopify has got you covered. Plus, it helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which is amazing. Had Shopify existed when I started this podcast, it would have made my life so much easier. I wouldn't have been stuck and like frozen and not knowing how to start up an online store, which took me years to do because I just... I didn't know about Shopify yet. But thankfully, you can learn from my mistake and sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mindful now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mindful. If there are two things that are for certain in my life right now, it is that one, I'm really trying to prioritize the food that I put in my body because I know what I feed myself. I end up feeding baby poppy. And two, I do not have a lot of time. And even if I have aspirations of having these great balanced meals, sometimes I just do not have enough time to follow through on that, which is why I'm so happy that I have discovered Factor. And Factor makes these delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're fresh. They're never frozen. They're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So they are perfect for me on those really busy mom days when both kids are going crazy. And they're perfect for my husband when he has long shifts at the hospital. He doesn't really get a meal break, so he can just pop one in the microwave and it's ready in just two minutes. And I love that they are no fuss, no mess meals, and they're good. They're really good. Plus, you can customize your weekly meals with flexibility so you can get as much or as little as you need. We need different amounts on different weeks, and so this is perfect for us. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverage. So it really is just perfect for us. So head to factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to use code inminutes50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code inminutes50 at factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. So the book, let's talk about it. I just took a really quick little break. Um, I am at the point of 
pregnancy where I think Poppy is like doing somersaults on my bladder. So I have to take a break like every 20 minutes to run to the restroom. Um, I also, I guess this isn't going to help, but I had to get a little sparkling um, water so I can like feel fancy while we talk about this book. I'll open it up. Did you hear that? It was like a little like ASMR moment. Um, this probably isn't going to help my frequent urination, but you know, whatever. <laughs> so I want to talk about both books. Um, the second one I want to circle back on in just a little bit. Um, what I really want to talk about is the first book that I wrote, the one that's coming out in September. So a little bit of backstory. I've always dreamt of being an author and writing a book. It has been on many, many iterations of my uh, New Year's vision board. So every year for the new year, I like to create a vision board for the upcoming year. It's something that I've been doing the last few years. I've really been enjoying it. And I put specifically writing a book on last year's vision board. And I, I don't know. It's kind of incredible because then a few months after that, so I think maybe about a year ago, um, this process kind of started. So I was approached by a publisher um, that I've worked with before, not in like writing a book, but like um, I've worked with them and, you know, sometimes I get if they have like books that are relevant to like meditation and things like that, they've sent me like advanced copies, um, which is really cool. It feels like like literary like Christmas when you get this like meditation book like sent to you in the mail. It's just like really fun. Um, but we kind of just started this conversation of kind of like, do you have any books that you want to write? And and they are interested in potentially turning Mindful Minutes into like a book series. And when this happened, like I I just felt like and I'm wondering, I think I can talk about all of this. I think I can talk about the, I'm going to talk about it. I just felt like these like pearly gates had just opened. And it was like, here's the dream. This is the thing that you've been thinking of. This is the thing that you thought you'd never be able to do. And I just want to stop and pause for a moment um, because there's <laughs> there's a couple of things going on here like in my heart and in my head as I'm sharing all of this. One, I know that like book writing looks different for everyone. And I like, I couldn't believe that this this little thing that I created in the spare bedroom <laughs> in my little townhouse in Michigan, which has now been upgraded to an even smaller closet in Minnesota. So is that an upgrade? I think it's an upgrade. I think the sound, the the microphone is better here. The sound is better here in the closet. Would ever even get on the radar of pretty much anyone, let alone like the attention of like a book publisher. Like if you would have told me that five years ago when I started Mindful Minutes, like I would have gone into a coma. And I just, it was so... I don't know. I don't even know how to articulate it. Like there just there aren't words for it. And the fact that just this little experiment that I started and I used to think about, you know, what if like 100 people listen to this podcast? That was like my first 
initial goal. And it was like this bit, and I felt like I was dreaming so big. Like, what if like 100 people all over this world like listened? And like, if you could have given me a little sneak peek into now like fast forwarding like five years from now and like Mindful in Minutes is becoming a book or multiple books and I am going to Portugal with like 22 amazing people and leading meditation retreats. Like I never, I would, I never would have believed it. And I think it wasn't necessarily because I didn't believe in myself, although there was a piece of that, but that wasn't solely it. It was almost like I didn't even know what to dream of because when I started podcasting so many years ago, like it feels weird to kind of feel like almost like mindful in minutes is like somewhat geriatric just because I think in the last two to three years podcasting has really been like booming when I started mindful in minutes I I didn't like the hardest part was just explaining to people what a podcast was and how you listen to it and so I didn't even know what to dream of because podcasting wasn't like what it is today I never would have thought like you know that it would have turned into like this big beautiful like supportive meditation and mindfulness and yoga community like I didn't even know what to dream of I couldn't even like conceptualize the idea of something like this and then there's also another piece of it that like if you would go back even further even before I started this podcast there's so many things and this I don't know maybe this is a fun exercise for you (laughs) listening it sometimes is a fun one for me but I think like if I went back 20 years And I told myself, like, what I'm doing now, like, what would, you know, whatever, 20 years ago, I was 12. So what would 12-year-old me be, like, shocked about, about what I'm doing? The answer is pretty much, like, for me, is, like, everything. If I were to go tell my 12-year-old self, like, what my 32-year-old self, like, what life looked like, it would have been, like, I don't even know. I think it would have, like, broken my 12-year-old brain because, like, this kind of stuff, it just, like... I don't, it like didn't really exist. And I never would have thought that I would be like, oh, I'm a meditation teacher. I don't even know how I would explain this to like 12 year old self of like what I do and be like, I sit in a closet and I write meditations and I record them and then I put them on the internet and then people listen and I help people connect with like their true selves. I don't, I don't know if I would like fully get it, but there's also a big piece of me that like if I would go back And not just try to explain what I'm doing, but to be like, one day you're going to write a book. I think that would have shocked me more than anything. Um, Just because I struggled so much as, you know, I know I've talked about this before, but I have ADHD. I also have like dyslexia. And something that I've carried with me for a long time and that I've, you know, mostly worked through. But of course, you know, we always have things that kind of rear their head every once in a while. Um, but like when I was young and I was, you know, had these undiagnosed, um, learning disabilities, these, that's what we referred, we referred to them as that, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Um, like I didn't, and I don't love that term, like a learning, like disability, but, um, you know, just learning differently, especially around like reading. I remember I really, it was hard for me to learn how to initially read. And what we understood about ADHD 
and dyslexia and and all of it, especially like in young girls, we had this really narrow kind of mindset of like what ADHD looked like and how it was just, you know, really like boisterous, like little boys and, you know, that were always like getting into trouble. And we just we didn't we didn't understand at that time what we understand now and the infrastructure there to support um, someone like me at the time wasn't there, at least where I was. And like I just I got people called me dumb a lot, dumb and lazy. And they just assumed that I like just I wasn't trying or like I just wasn't smart enough to get it, not just when learning how to read, but then also like with taking tests. But literature or, you know, the English language communication, like expression through word is something that I've always enjoyed and felt drawn to, but that felt extra challenging to me and also felt really kind of emotionally heavy for me at times because for a while I really carried these ideas that others like projected onto me of like, you know, well, it's not that you learn differently. You must just like be dumb or you must just be like lazy or you're not trying. Um, And so I think that to go back and to tell myself, it's like, well, one day you're going to like write a book. And it might, I don't know. I'm like, I'm doing that thing where you're like speaking out loud. And then as you're talking, you're trying to like, you're kind of like editing or like judging yourself a little bit because I'm sure for a lot of you listening, like it, it doesn't feel like that big of a deal. And the only way that I can like conceptualize this particular thing is that it it just felt like something that was so unattainable to me and felt like something that I would never be able to do. And I had a lot of um, self-doubt growing up around my ability to write and share and communicate. And so it just feels like so much of this process, especially then like circling back like a year ago, when this conversation started about like, you know, do you have like books that you feel like writing or do you have, you know, just kind of starting this conversation around um, writing a book. And it felt so scary to me because it felt really scary. (laughs) And also then the writing process felt really freeing, but mostly it felt scary at first because that self-doubt like crept back in of like, well, can I do this? Like, can I, uh, you know, I I write all of the meditations that I share here and I, you know, always kind of like write a script and, you know, plan them ahead of time and, you know, edit and work on them and all of that. Um, And then just, you know, that, that little voice that I thought I had moved beyond, uh, it was back and it was, you know, back and talking right in my ear of, you know, if this is something that I could do and, Um, It, you know, took just a lot of introspection and like checking back in and being able to separate like what was really me and then what was just kind of that like self-doubt voice and then separating the two and recognizing that, you know, that self-doubt voice was one that was rooted in a lot of like fear and past history. And, you know, and I decided that I really felt um, ready to to me, at least, it felt like really moving past that would be kind of stepping into 
a more traditional like writing role, like trying to um, write a book. So I had been collecting all these little ideas for books. I had like this Google Doc going um, where I'd kind of write just different ideas for books and I had them saved, but I never had the courage to really do anything about that. So then when like this email popped up my email inbox, I felt like, okay, like this is it. So we had a meeting and, you know, we I kind of shared my ideas and ultimately one of those ideas turned into this first book, which is called Mindful in Minutes, Meditation for the Modern Family. So what is it? Um, it is a book that is not only my honest reflections on motherhood, but it's not just mom stuff. We'll talk about what's in there in a second. Um, but it does talk about, you know, honest reflections on motherhood, how it impacted um, my life, kind of that transition. Um, but it's also a guide on how to incorporate meditation into your family from the prenatal stages all the way through childhood and then into adulthood. And if you're listening and you're like, Kelly, that's wonderful. Great. Congratulations. Um, this book is not relevant to me. Hang tight because the one I'm going to tell you about um, that's going to come in January. See, I think I can talk about these things. Hopefully I don't share this. I've already been like rambling for like 45 minutes. Hopefully I don't share these and then get one of those like take it down emails. So, you know, hopefully we'll see. Um, but there's another one coming in January and that one is like it is not parent whatsoever. It's anxiety focused, but I'm going to talk about that in, in just a moment. So this first book, just kind of like looking at the outline of it and the book itself is like it's mostly done. Like I have a PDF like copy of it. And um, so I'm just looking here at that. The first thing before we dive into the introductions, and this part has absolutely nothing to do with me, but the the look of this book, like the artwork, the illustrations are stunning. So they are all watercolor um, paintings that this woman, Esty, um, the illustrator of the book, she is just, am she is amazing. And it's like kind of wild how we connected because I was... Um, told to kind of create like a mood board for like what I wanted the vibe of the book to be. So I, you know, did what like every uh, millennial mom does. And I went on Pinterest and I just started like looking around and I ended up adding some of her images, like her, you know, pictures from like her Etsy shop to the Pinterest like mood board for this book. And then one thing led to another. And then before I know it, she's the one creating the artwork for this book. But like the images are so beautiful. Like I wanted this to really be like a visual meditative experience as well. And like the looks of the book just so just completely exceeded my expectations. So I want to put that out there. Like it's really, really beautiful. And I had nothing to do with that. Um, but I just, I love it. And, you know, I, I kind of got my Taylor Swift on and added some little like Easter eggs in the, in the imagery like some little like nods to, you know, some of our inside jokes. I'm not going to say what they are. Um, but those of you that listen to this podcast and then read the book and look at the images, there'll be a couple little things where you'll be like, hmm, I, I recognize that. Um, I just, I don't know, I was just feeling a little sassy when I was working on that. So the book itself the beginning part, there's kind of like an introduction, how to use this book. There's a meditation 101. Um, the second chapter is all about meditation and the family. So like, how do you talk to your family about meditation? Like, how do you incorporate mindfulness into your family? Um, you know, breaking it down, like with different 
age ranges, all sorts of things in there. And then the third kind of section of the book, the biggest section of the book, um, has different chapters, 32 to be exact, and each one is a different topic. So there's things like empathy, guilt, overstimulation, forgiveness, worthiness. So these different topics And then each topic starts with kind of what would be like a freeform episode. So reflections and teachings, thoughts on like that particular topic. And then after kind of that reflection, kind of freeform podcast episode on that topic, then it goes into three guided practices, one for little ones, and then one for like adolescents, and then one for like adults or like older teens um, that all go around that same topic. And there's also then like five mantras per topic that you can then incorporate. So it does, you know, have those different age ranges. So depending on if you have kids and you want to um, practice meditation with them, you know, give them tools and practices, there's um, different like age appropriate ones for each chapter. But there's also always like an adult practice that isn't necessarily like parent specific, right? It would just be like in the frustration adult meditation. It would be a guided practice on frustration for, you know, an adult. So there's 32 different topics in there and has reflections and, you know, a chapter on that topic. And then followed by three different guided practices that you can utilize based on either what you need or maybe what your children need. Um, There's also a like a prenatal section. So there's a full section that has meditations for the growing family. And there's also a section on um, meditations for partnership. So if your, if you have a family with a partner, um, there's some practices in there to kind of navigate that. It's not just like how do you connect with your partner. It's also like a meditation for like releasing resentment or accepting change, those types of things. And then there's like some notes in there as well. So my intention with this book was to create the thing that like if I wasn't a parent and also a meditation teacher, like this was the book that like I would have wanted and that I get asked for the most that I felt like didn't really exist yet. And so I wanted to kind of create it from my heart space, but also make sure that it was relevant um, to not only like families, obviously that's in the title, um, but also just adults. And I wanted to make sure that each chapter highlighted a practice for um, adolescents because something I've been hearing about over and over again is that that kind of age group, that like adolescence, there's some really great resources out there like for little kids. And then there's a lot of great resources for, you know, older kids like teens and those that are approaching adulthood. But a lot of people, myself included, feel like kind of that missing age for support in this way is kind of that adolescence. Um, So I'm really excited about each chapter having, you know, a practice for them as well. So, so that there's really something for a whole wide range of, of people. So the nitty gritty on this book, and then I'm going to tell you what I can tell you about the second one. Um, Like I said, this book is going to be released on September 5th, but it's available for pre-order now. So something that I've learned, I've learned a lot Oh my gosh, this could be like its own podcast episode of just like what I've learned slash what I learned the hard way about um, embarking on like writing a book. Um, 
But something that I've learned is that like all the power is in the pre-order. So apparently, and again, I'm learning all of this along. I'm sure some of you are in the literary world and you know this. I had no clue. So apparently, like when you order, pre-order, especially like through Amazon, everyone else like bookstores or even bigger stores like you know, Target is big here. They keep an eye on the Amazon pre-orders and that's how they sometimes decide like if a book's worth carrying or not. So if you are listening to this and you're like, I need this book or I want this book, or you're like, you know, I just want to support Mindful in Minutes and this endeavor. Because one other thing that I'm learning is um, that like the strength of not only the pre-order, but like that first initial pre-order and then like release day that that often then impacts kind of if you get invited to write more books or you get more freedom of like writing different things. Um, But to incentivize isn't the right word, to thank you guys if you do decide to pre-order the book, which you know, just like with the deck and everything, I want this to be in the hands of the people who are feeling called to have it. And if that's not you, I appreciate you. I honor you. I respect you. That's totally okay. We're so not going to worry about it. Um, that's not what this is about. But if you do feel called to um, pre-order this book, or if you're listening in the future and it's already there, order this book and it's speaking to you, Um, I have a couple of bonuses just to say thank you for doing that. So the first thing, and this is instant, this is through Mother's Day, U.S. Mother's Day, which is, if you're listening this coming Sunday, um, there is a mini retreat on there. So it's this like 45-minute meditation, sorry, yoga practice, like a gentle restorative yoga practice into a meditation for rest and relaxation. So right away when you pre-order, and I'll put the link in the show notes, you just type in basically like your pre-order number, you'll instantly unlock um, this mini retreat for rest and relaxation, just a little mini escape at home. And then you'll also get three deleted chapters that didn't make the book because of space. So June, July, and August. So depending on when you're listening to this and pre-ordering, each month you'll get emailed a bonus chapter that didn't make the book. So if you pre-order now, you'll get the mini retreat. And then you'll also then June, July, and August get a deleted chapter, um, a bonus chapter each one of those months. If you pre-order in August, you'll get the August one. But yeah, you guys get it. So if you are feeling called to pre-order, that's my little thank you. Are those bonuses there? Um, And if you're not, then don't worry about it. I still appreciate you just as much. Um, I, you know, I did kind of bury the lead a little bit, but there is a second book coming. Um, That one, I just finished writing it and it's now like just finished writing it like probably a week or two ago. I finally submitted the final manuscript and it was accepted. And now it's like going off to like, the copywriting, copy editing gods that exist out there. I don't know them personally, but I know that they take what I write and then they really make it just, they really um, give it a little glitz and they polish it up. Let's just say that. Um, And so that is a book that is all around meditation and anxiety. So this one's kind of different. It's really cool. The first half of the book is on like specifically on meditation and anxiety, how those two things work together, you know, meditation in the brain, anxiety in the brain, different ways that anxiety can show up, 
how meditation can help. And then the second half is this interactive journal, and it has eight weeks worth of daily meditations. Um, there is like a writing prompt and a mantra that then coincide with that day's practice. And each week of the eight weeks focuses on a different part of anxiety and how it may show up. Um, and studies also tell us, as you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, I love the statistic, but it's true, that it takes out eight weeks of regular meditation for it to impact the amygdala, which is the anxiety center of the brain. So that's all I can really say. Um, I won't talk too much about it because I can't, but I would love to tell you more. Um, that one's written. It's being put together behind the scenes um, for all of my anxious friends out there. Um, so you'll probably hear more about it like in this, like this fall. So that's coming too. And then, and that's it. So that's all that is on the docket, but I'm just feeling so just like humbled and excited and like moved, like emotionally moved that this is something that is happening and, you know, if whenever you're listening to this, if either of these books speak to you, like beautiful, amazing, um, I really appreciate that. If it doesn't, like, don't worry about it, guys. Um, but I just wanted to kind of share the behind the scenes of primarily the first book, because that's the one that I can talk about and kind of what went into it and, and what to expect. Um, and then to give you those little thank you bonuses, if you're feeling called to pre-order it, I'll put all the links in the show notes. And something that I want to just, I guess, like end on or kind of like a closing reflection that's just really coming to me as I'm talking about this. And that that is that even if this is like the end of the road for, you know, anything, of course, we're manifesting, you know, there's there's more books on my little list that I would love to continue to write and share if it's an alignment. But something that I'm feeling really strongly about like right now in this stage of life with all of these life updates with the books is that even if this is the end of the road for any of these projects, right, whether I don't think it'll be the end of the road for retreats, but you never know if, you know, if it's these two books and then the universe decides that that, you know, is all that's going to be shared. Like, I feel really good and happy about that. And I feel really content in the unknown. And I feel really content about um, enjoying the process and doing new things and not being attached to the outcome. And that's just something that I've personally been finding a lot of peace in. Um, it took me a while to kind of like get there. I think I've been so used to being in this go do, you know, kind of like acceleration mode that I am finding a lot of, and this surprises me, but a lot of peace and comfort um, and just acceptance, I guess, in sometimes, you know, just enjoying the step that you're taking and not looking at the step after that, like not looking at like the top of the staircase and being like, oh, I have this many steps to go, but like just taking a step and enjoying the movement and the experience of taking that step and letting whatever comes after that fall into place instead of trying to, you know, be heavy handed or to orchestrate these things and just 
being content and, you know, letting what happens happens and and letting, um, you know, the future kind of unravel for itself. So with that being said, you know, if you find any of these projects falling in your hands, thank you for that. Um, but mostly I'm just, I'm so grateful for you, especially if you're still here now. Like I've just been like, just, just chatting my little tush off in my closet for an hour with a water break and a bathroom break in there. Um, but yeah, I think that's just my biggest, if I were to wrap up all of these, you know, retreat, wrap up, life updates, book announcement type things is like just something that probably for the last year, but especially the last six months that I've really been focusing on honoring and cultivating is just being very present in the experience of change and trying to not be too attached to the outcome and letting changes and letting uncertainty just be the ups and the downs, you know, the ride that that I'm waving and just the ride that I'm waving, the wave that I'm riding. <laughs> and that's really it. And so just leaving, I don't know if that speaks, I and mean, maybe that only resonates with me, which, you know, that's fine. It feels good to say it out loud because it's been written on my heart for a while. But if you're finding yourself in whether it be new endeavors or life changes or like for me, you know, taking a retreat hiatus is one of those things that like feels good, but also feels really kind of like scary and uncertain at the same time. It's just like sitting with those feelings and being content with the experience um, and just seeing what that's like, because I've personally found a lot of peace in that. Um, so I, that's all I have to say. I'll put the link in the show notes for, um, meditation guide for the modern family, the journal. There will not be a link to that because it doesn't quite exist yet. Um, but you can listen this fall. No podcast changes coming. Um, Portugal totally kicked butt. It was amazing. It was so great. I'm really looking forward to British Columbia, um, in a month. There are like two little spots left. So if you're like, you know what, I want to get away for a long weekend. I've got you. There's a couple spots left. Um, if you pre-order the book, put in your pre-order info, you'll get some bonuses and I appreciate you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to my voice for now, like one hour and four minutes. Holy buckets. Um, and I will see you on Sunday. If you're listening when this released, we are doing a guided breath meditation that I think you're really going to like. Okay. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you.